This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. This week we're celebrating the track and field teams making the most of their opportunities at the Tufts final qualifying meet. With Bates sending 11 to the NCAA championships after entering last week with only two Bobcats assured of a berth. Plus, the women's tennis team is off to a strong start, and we talk with our two squash senior captains to wrap up the season and their careers. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The men's lacrosse team got the week off to a strong start with a 14-4 win over Keene State on Wednesday. Junior Jack Scribner scored five goals, and junior Chris Costello won 13-15 faceoffs for Bates. But maybe more importantly, the game marked the return of preseason first-team All-American Matt Lastava to the lineup. Head coach Peter Lasagna talked about Lastava's return and more right after the game. It was just really fun to have him out there. Um, It just energized, I think, all of us. And yeah, I believe he got a point on his first touch. So that's fitting <laughs> and then obviously a strong defensive effort uh, the defense forced a lot of turnovers it looked like what did you see from them yeah we thought we we thought we matched up well um i thought we played really good on ball defense i thought we had some of the greatest slide and recovery rotations maybe that we've had so far this year and then uh we did something we haven't done that often which is we had a 10-man ride for a lot of the game when you hear a screaming 91 that's what we're talking about and uh we finally had the courage to commit to it, and we got the ball back a lot, which was really fun. And a lot of that is on the defense. For those who don't know, 10-man ride. 10-man ride, so the goalie comes out. Yep. So everybody's got somebody to cover. So there shouldn't be anybody open. <laughs> That's the goal. And then you just try to double team. You try to double team over the midfield line every, every time that you can. And we did a really nice job of it. Excellent. Any individuals stand out? And just uh, I thought Jack Scrivener had a really yeah. s- strong game again. I thought he dodged really hard. Uh, Will Stern... Um, we decided he earned time. He was on the wing of the faceoffs a lot and did a really nice job. Chris Costello, I thought, might have been the player of the game just because he got he won us so many possessions. But it was really a team win. A lot of people did well. Curtis Napton looked like a you know first or second team All American out there today. I just thought he looked like the strongest, toughest. You know, you're not going to stop me from getting where I want to, guy. The men's lacrosse team fell 16 to 11 to Trinity on Saturday, and the women's lacrosse team dropped a heartbreaker by a score of 12 to 11 on the road to the Bantams. They will both have probably already played their Tuesday games against Western New England and Southern Maine, respectively, by the time you've listened to this podcast. Entering Saturday's last chance meet at Tufts, the Bates track and field teams knew that junior captain John Rex and senior captain Brendan Donahue were headed to the NCAA championships in the weight throw and the heptathlon, respectively. But a number of other Bobcats were on the outside looking in. And they all delivered in a big way. Starting with the women's 4x400 relay setting a Bates flat track record, sending four Bobcats to NCAAs. But Bates wasn't done. Junior captain Amanda Kaufman, a member of the 4x400 relay team, qualified for NCAAs in a second event at Tufts with a new personal record in the 60-meter hurdles, racing to the finish in 8.86 seconds. And then two more Bobcats qualified for nationals. A sophomore Elise Lambert led all 12 competitors in the 800 meters with her season-best time of 2 minutes, 14.88 seconds. And junior Vanessa Paolella set a PR in the mile in 5 minutes, 2.66 seconds, moving her into 6th place on Bates' all-time performance list. We'll get to the men in a moment, but after entering the day with no women assured of a spot, six qualified. Head coach Jay Hartshorn recaps the last chance meet. I feel like the only thing we've ever gotten out of a last chance meet before this was um, distance medley relay. Mm. And that's a little bit of a different thing because everybody knows you have to do it that weekend, just the way the schedules are set up. Mm. So you go, you plan your whole season around that one weight race if you're trying to get a distance medley. In other events, we've never really been able to make much happen on this weekend. But this year, everything happened. Uh, Vanessa Paolella, our female Bobcat of the Week, in the mile run PR for her. I mean, and I know she went last year in the DMR, but it's cool to see her qualify an individual event, right? Yeah, I mean, this is something that was, like, sort of on our radar for a long time. You Mm -hmm. know, last year... Once we knew we had a really good DMR, she really got into that 1,200 leg, and we had to plan her season around that more. Um, And then even last weekend at New England Division Threes, same thing. She ran a 1,200 because I just wanted to see her there to see if we could do a DMR, and then came back in the 1,000. But she's sort of had 
this goal for a while and you know getting a lot closer to five has right. felt pretty obtainable for a while so it was nice um she carried a lot of momentum from division threes and i think that really helped her so it was nice to see her do that and i knew 502 would would basically go um based off of past years and stuff so right. that's exciting excellent and then um amanda coffin i talked to her last week she mentioned how yeah gotta do the four by four and the 60 meter hurdles but a pr there on the 60 meter hurdles right she continues to um, really improve every, each week, it seems like. Yeah, so at, at D3s, she ran, like, a little bit of a PR. Mm -hmm. um, Middlebury's track, I would say, is, like, more of a a practice track than a competition track. Mm -hmm. Your competition tracks, you like them to be a little bit harder. Um, they're just faster that way. And then one of her races last week, she had a bad start. So it just kind of felt like, oh, it's all fine, but it didn't really feel mm -hmm. like what it needs to feel like. Uh, so going in this week, it was... Um, last year, she did not have a good last chance meet. She actually false started, but they didn't call it. Oh. <laughs> but, like, she thought she false started, right. so she kind of ran terribly. It was just mm. like, so there was a little bit. I know she had to have been thinking about that a little bit, yeah. um, knowing, like, okay, last year when it was, like, my last chance, it did not go well. Um, so when she ran 886 in the trials, I was like, okay, this is done. This is great. And then um, a lot of people at that point, would say, well, don't risk it, don't run the finals. But she had to run the finals because we were running a relay later. So you can't just like bow out of mm. one event and then run another. Yeah. Um, and so she ran the finals. But the exciting thing about that is that she went back and ran the same time again. So it's like, oh, it wasn't just a fluke. Like I did it yeah. twice in a day. Um, lots of times your second race is is faster so even the fact that she ran 886 on a first race is really exciting because most of the time you're gonna like pr the second race so for her to like come back and match that the second race was really great well let's talk about the relay the four by four headed to nationals obviously different years you have different relays that have possibilities last year the dmr got second in the country i was like amanda why, why aren't the dmr she's like well uh Aiden Eikhoff graduated like, oh yeah good <laughs> point so what made this year the four by four the fit to try to get them to ncaa we could have done both but mm. uh, with a lot of the same personnel yeah. and a lot of schools are going to nationals with both relays that run back to back with mm. a lot of same personnel so they're gonna have to like sub people in and out um so we ran a DMR early and felt happy with the time, but once this relay went and had a really good shot, it just made a lot more sense to be like, let's make this happen. And um, especially because you're pulling in kids that um, wouldn't be at NCAs. Mm. And we were pretty sure Elise could make it in an eight, hoping Vanessa could make it. There was another freshman, Jordan, who honestly wasn't that far away. She just kind of ran out of steam a little bit. So it felt like there was going to be some opportunities, but we wouldn't have had this opportunity. And actually, um, we qualified uh, this. So Paige Rab was on the relay her freshman year. Yeah. And we didn't, we didn't declare, which nobody ever does that. Uh -huh. But I just felt like we couldn't put together mm -hmm. two really good relays. We just didn't have the legs because we were pulling people out at that point that um, were kind of necessary legs. Mm -hmm. And so it feels nice to be going. We went that outdoor in the 4 by 4 but to make it indoor and to pull in um, people who have never been to nationals before is exciting. Yeah, and, and those two, um, Megan Seymour and Rebecca Willis, right? Yep, those are both first-timers. Um, and I don't think, you know, Becca was – like a little bit she was banged up a lot last year mm. so a little bit would get in the four by four but not not like always as like right. the a person or the person to go but she ran really really fast in our time trial this year um so that was really great and then last year megan was abroad in the first semester so by second semester um towards the end she was uh, she's a 400 hurdler. She was doing really well. Actually, what's kind of cool is all those women are 400 hurdlers. Okay. So every single person on the 4x4 is a 400 hurdler, mm. um, which 400 hurdlers make really good 4x4 legs. So it's just like a natural thing that they would also do. Um, but Megan had a really, really good fall, and I know Curtis was just like talking about it all year. <laughs> you know, like Megan had such a good fall. She's doing really well. And what's exciting is that she likes to anchor the relay, which there's not always a lot of people that like like to anchor the relay. Our relay's really even. They're all like could run the ex exact same split. Mm. Um, but this week, 
so last week when she anchored, she went on a little bit too hard, and we got passed by Amherst just at the line. Mm. And this week, you could just tell, she's like, this can't happen again. <laughs> um, and she went out like a little bit more conservatively, definitely had a better second lap. There was like a point where the Amherst woman got really, really close to her, and then Megan was able to pull away in just the last couple meters, and it was really all like, no, it's just not happening. Like, she's like, this is not going to happen. And there was, Amherst ended up um, being like ha- not even a half a second behind us, a couple tenths behind us. So we thought we potentially could be the 12th team and they'd be 13. There was one team that slipped in between us, so they missed it by oh, wow. two. But wow. it was like <laughs> during the race, as coaches, we felt whoever wins between us and Amherst, like, is going to be the person who goes. And Middlebury ends up beating us, um, but we knew that they could too, um, mm. just based off of paper and, yeah. and what, what else had been there. So it's relays are tricky. People um, don't run relays until the end of the year. So you could be sitting really, really good, yeah. and then if you don't run it and bring it and run faster, then you're absolutely on the outside. I know for the men, Bart Russ was truly on the bubble. Were there any bubble ones for the women, or did you really know right after the meet that you were bringing those six in national? Yeah, we were pretty sure. Because even Vanessa, so she was like our lowest. Uh Um, So, but that's an event they you always go pretty deep in Mm because the milers are also 800 runners, 3K runners. They run the DMR and that kind of stuff. So being three out you know 23 or whatever she was that was and we already knew one wasn't declaring just from someone saying hey i'm not declaring (laughs) you know standing right there um the one that really made us sweat is it was about an hour and a half until the wartburg meet happened and like that's where all the best teams in the country were so we Mm. knew we could only get passed by four um at that meet and we had passed one school with ours we'd passed i think more than one but um, it ended up we knew we could only have four, and the team we passed was running, and they didn't repass us, mm. you know, by, again, like, point something very, very small. Yeah. Well, how cool is it to have such a big group going? I mean, six women and five men. Yeah, that's really fun. It's kind of uh, crazy. Last time we had a big group when we went to North Carolina, and we actually ended up at two different hotels because – we didn't know we were going to have that many kids. <laughs> so this time I looked, I was like, oh, I basically booked enough hotel rooms yeah. so we're not at two different properties. <laughs> um, so that part they'll all really enjoy. Like, it's a much, much more fun experience yeah. um, to all go together. And, I mean, going into this meet, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this really could be me and, like, somebody going to nationals. You know, like, it, it was – nothing at the start of the right. day with kind of feeling confident that someone's going to make something happen. But the fact that all of them made something happen will make like their time like much more enjoyable than just being with me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, and then the men like Johnny, and, yeah. but that was Johnny's experience last year. He right. was solo yeah. with a big group of women, right. but um, he's great to travel with. And I think he enjoyed it, but I'm sure he will, <laughs> I equally enjoy having a big group of men there as well. And then tell us about the track you're competing on. Um, how familiar are you with it? So we were there a couple years ago. Yeah. It's um, it's a funny track only because it literally was like a warehouse was retrofitted to put in a track. Okay. So it has some funny poles in it and stuff. But the people who made it, I think they were um, uh, Wake Forest alums. You know, that's where Wake Forest is. So it's Wake Forest Colors. Um, it's just people down there who, like, love track basically made their own track. Mm. And they put on track meets. There's not a lot of indoor tracks not part of the country. They love to host nationals. So they're really, like, athlete and coach and meet friendly at that meet, um, at that facility. And they have, like, a cool little warm-up track next to it. But it's not – you're not on a college campus. You're mm. kind of in, like – an industrial area and you're like here's your track but um it'll be warmer down there uh the banquet i think is at where wake forest plays football so that might be interesting you know it's just fun to like be in other places and see how they mix it up um but we're not on any kind of like campus you're just sort of like you're here here's a track well before we go any other thoughts on uh tufts and what what took place this past weekend um, I guess the only thing we didn't mention, too, was that um, Lauren Barabee, yes, you right. know, broke our school record yeah. in the pole vault. And yeah. so that was really great. She just had some really good jumps. And actually, all of we brought three pole vaulters mm. 
you know, it's easy for them, easier for them to pull vault inside than it is at the beginning of the April, May, sure. you know, like, so for that group, if they're doing well, it makes sense to kind of come down. And we felt like all of them had another height in them. So Ashley, I think, had her best jump of the season, which was really great. And got us a pole, she had it. And then both Lauren and Lily um, were jumping at the 11.5. Lauren made it um, on a really nice jump and then had some really good jumps. So that's the other thing. So then you jump at 11.5 and she was then jumping at 11.9 or right. 10, maybe even 11.11. And to have good jumps at that height is really important that once you clear one that you haven't cleared, then you need to like get some good ones at the other one. So she did a really good job of that. So I think that will also give us some good momentum in those events as we go. Yeah, and all three of them are sophomores, is that right? No, or two um, of them are? Two of them. Two of them, yes. So yeah, Lauren um, and Lily actually live together and I yeah. think are both math majors <laughs> too. Um, and then Ashley's a senior. Ashley's a senior. Yeah. Okay. So that's yeah. nice because for a while she was kind of like our only female right. pole vaulter. Well, so last year we she got two friends and it's worked out really well. Yeah. So those two, um, Lauren and, and Lily, moving on up. It seems like um, each year. So. Yeah, and that's the thing is if you can just keep progressing by a couple inches, you know they're really only one height away from being like at the national mm -hmm. conversation, which would be good. Um, they're getting expensive because. As you get better, you have to buy more poles, <laughs> so which is really fun, yeah. you know. But then all of a sudden, it's like thank goodness for FBA because we're right. using it on poles this year. Yeah. So we'll watch out for them moving down the road. Uh, Jay Harshman, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. On the men's side, three more Bobcats made the jump into nationals with personal record performances. Junior Ryan Nealis led all 15 competitors in the mile, finishing in a time of 4 minutes, 11.99 seconds, moving to 10th place on Bates' all-time performance list in the event. Senior Justin Levine ran a blazing fast 5,000 meters at 14 minutes, 42.51 seconds, moving to 9th place on Bates' all-time performance list. And sophomore Bart Rust was third among 16 runners in the 3,000 meters in a time of 8 minutes, 30.61 seconds which moves him into seventh place on the team's all-time performance list. Head coach Al Farashidian recaps the weekend from the men's side with five men and six women now headed to NCAAs. Coach Fresh, let's start with the fact that last week I talked to John Rex and he said, you know, best case scenario, we'd get Neilis, we'd get Russ, we'd get Levine to join me and Brendan, and that's exactly what happened. What I mean, what, what kind of meat was that for you, watching those guys go out and do those huge performances? Yeah, it was fabulous. Uh, the kids really competed tremendously. We knew they had a legitimate shot going in. We had talked about it. We talked about what they were going to need to do, and what they needed to do was very realistic, and they, I think they went in very confident and, and aggressive. They took advantage of it. Tufts did a phenomenal job of helping to set some of those races up with, with uh, pacers and those types of things early in the race, and it, and it really allowed them to focus on what they needed to really do, and that was close out the race and finish finish strong, and they got it done. So. Of all the Tufts last chance meets you've been to through your career, is this one of the more memorable ones? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I, I've been to last chance meets for nearly 40 years now, and uh, over that period of time, you know, I would say on average, you know, you go in – if you got five guys that have a legitimate shot, maybe one guy makes it. So, so you know, the, the odds and the percentages usually don't work out that way. But, but we went in with three shots, and we came out with three winners. So it was fantastic. It's got to be a special thing for the senior there among that crew, uh, Justin Levine, um, to go to nationals for, I think, the first time in his track and field career. He's been with the cross-country team, but it's got to be extra special for him, right? Yeah, it really is. And he has really been committed and done some tremendous things throughout the course of the year. He's uh, never doubted himself and always pushed himself and challenged himself and and that he had a great race at the New England Division three championships but that track wasn't as fast the you know it the race wasn't set up to be fast he had to do a lot of the work to make that race happen uh, but he competed tough as nails and I knew that if he was in an environment where he could get a little bit of help and support you know uh, throughout the first part of the race that he'd have a legitimate shot he took full advantage of it and then Neilish, the third seed in the mile, because, um, I mean, he wasn't third in the country going in, but some people dropped out. And so that's got to be a, a great setup for him coming in. Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, I, I think 
you know, there'll there'll be prelims and finals at, in in the mile, so he'll have to run prelims on Friday, mm-hmm. come back and hopefully uh, qualify and, and and run the race on Saturday. Uh, but you know, you look at the field and and truly, uh, I believe he can run with anybody out there. And because a lot of times these national races, particularly in these events, tend to be a little bit more tactical. Uh, and and uh, he's a guy that can close, and he can close with anybody. So uh, what he's going to have to work on is trying to obviously get qualified on Friday for the finals on Saturday. Uh, I suspect those times will be relatively slow, so it will be one of those things he's just got to be in a good position and respond and, and then ultimately uh, be ready to go for that final on Saturday. And then Bart Russ was the guy who was really on the bubble, uh, turning a great performance in, in his event, the, the 3,000, but you had to wait, right? I mean, till Sunday, what was that like? Hitting refresh, I guess, on the browser. How did that go? Yeah, it was it was really fun because we actually were having our end of the season breakup event uh, for track and field, which we typically do the week after nationals. But for various reasons, we needed to schedule it ahead, and I thought it would be a good way to kind of send off the guys that had qualified and and, and do that type of thing. But the announcement was scheduled to come out at, at 7 p.m., and our event was going from 6 to 8. So I had Coach Johnson uh, refreshing constantly, and I told him I, I gave him carte blanche to. Uh, to uh, uh, to to you know barge you in and interrupt whatever was going if we got the news and and sure enough right at seven o'clock we got the news that he was in and it couldn't have made the the night that the night was great but it, it just made that night even that much more special and you could just feel the whole team the pride of the whole team and the excitement that they had for him getting that opportunity. And then um, Brendan Donahue and John Rex did not have to go to the last chance meet. They, were, they already knew they were in their respective events. They went to the Outdoor Nationals together last year. Uh, what do you think those two have like learned from their previous national experience they're going to apply this year? Because I know John's mentioned to me that you know, you know, he's still waiting for that big performance on the national stage. Yep. And, and they're, they're both ready to go. They've yeah. done a, a fabulous job getting ready. Um, you know, um, yeah, you know I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some great things out of them. I know that they, they've, they've got a lot invested, but I think what they learned last year was they had, they had learned how to channel that energy and that emotion. And a lot of times you get to a national meet and you get so emotional that it almost prevents you from being able to do what you can do. Uh, what, what we've really tried to work on understanding and, 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 and figuring out is the fact that those emotions are good. Those emotions will help you perform. Uh, you've just got to put yourself in a position where you can allow that to come through and not let it be a block to you. And and uh, and I think I think Johnny's you know demonstrated that already with uh, you know amazing performances at the state of Maine meet this year. Very emotional meet for us. Uh, tremendous, incredible performance at the New England Division Three Championships where he came out of nowhere and, yeah. and ended up winning the shot put after, you know, only competing one other time throughout the course of the season. To be a New England champion, uh, it's a highly competitive event. Uh, you know, that was that was fabulous. And, and he's he's learned how to channel those emotions. And we gave him last week off, and I think uh, that's going to help him out and kind of refocus his energy and his emotion, you know, going in. And, and you know, Brendan, uh, you know, Brendan was on his way to a great performance last year. And mm-hmm. then, and then un- unfortunately, tripped and fell on the hurdles, bec- partly because he was running faster than he's ever run before in his life. Uh, it, it was unfortunate, uh, but it wasn't an indication of what he was capable of doing. I, I really believe that had he been able to get through that race, he might have been, had a good chance to be on that podium and been an All-American last year. Um, this year, you know, the, the HEP is, is is great experience for him. I think he's going to have a great chance to be incredibly competitive. I don't doubt him in any regard. And, and the bottom line is I think uh, I think the experience he had last year is going to make him that much hungrier. And then how about the big group, five men, but also six women going? I mean, it's, this is uh, one of the bigger groups in recent years, right? Yeah, it's going to be fabulous. And everything the men did at Tufts on Saturday, the women yes. did as well. And it was really exciting. I mean, there was a chemistry there. I mean, people are probably scratching their heads saying, how did Bates do that? Every event we were in, we had kids going to the front or, or performing at levels that, that they never performed at before. And, and, uh, and so, you know, I don't want to take it for granted, but it was, a, it, was a, it was a great day to be a Bobcat. You've heard from the coaches. Now let's chat with our Bobcats of the week. Junior Vanessa Paolella's PR in the mile came at the perfect time. She hadn't been happy with her running so far this winter, but that all changed Saturday, and now she's headed to NCAAs. And she is our female Bobcat of the week. Yeah, there was there was a lot of uncertainty going into it. Uh, we had a lot of great athletes who we knew really could do well if they had a good race, um, and it did happen, which was really cool. Uh, me personally, I really didn't consider myself one of those people. Um, I haven't really been running particularly well this season, in my opinion, uh, except for last week. And so I went into this race thinking that I'd just really like to 
PR. I'd really just like to run a little bit faster than the 508 I had last year. And so I kind of went into it with that mindset. And like, if I qualified, that would be great, but a little bit of a stretch. And you did qualify though. When did you, <laughs> when did you find out for sure you were, oh, I mean, I know they announced it Sunday, but it sounds like they were fairly confident afterwards that you were going to make it. I got some pretty strong confirmation from the coaches. They said it was uh, the better side of the line, if that makes any sense. Uh, and then the list was updated later that night, and I was number 24 and 20 runners go. So it was really a solid bet because there's three other major events that usually draws from that same list. Um, and so like that split competition there kind of made 24 a really good bet. And then last year you went to nationals, right, with the DMR? Yeah, last year I ran the 1,200-meter leg of the DMR, and that was certainly a little bit of, like, a different vibe mm. in the way that it was the four of us, like, really trying super hard to make it, and it, we just, like, we did. It was just so cool. Um, but now I'm kind of just in this feeling of surprise of, like, oh, I'm going racing my own race this time. And that's kind of a di different feeling for sure. Yeah, what is that difference between, you know, an individual race like this, the mile, where you're you're all out there by yourself, and, and the DMR where you, you know you got three teammates with you there? If I do really well or if I do really bad, it's it's on me. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, again, that's kind of freeing to know that it's I'm not affecting others. But in other times, it's also just like, yeah, it's only me out there. And um, it comes down to it, like, I don't have people to pick up time at the end and like a relay, mm. it's, it's definitely different. Yeah. Um, in a way, a little bit less stressful. If I don't do well, I'm not dragging other people down with me. And for you, I mean, because the DMR team was ranked so high, and for you, yeah. if, if you're able to move up there, I mean, it's 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 all good things that can happen, right? In, in terms of not, not, nothing disappointing in terms of the rankings, I suppose, right? Exactly. Yeah. That That's another component of it, like yeah. you said, is that like for me, I was kind of on the line of will I qualify? And now I'm, I'm seated at 13, which is... Um, kind of also on the edge because everyone's so close in time that it's only like a second or two difference really between yeah. a lot of the people around me. So if I have a good race on Friday, I can make finals on Saturday. And if I don't, you know, that's that's that. <laughs> <laughs> big contingent going to nationals for both the women and the men. Mm -hmm. How cool is that? I mean, last year it was a, a fairly big contingent of women. I think it was just John Rex on the men's side. And now it's like 11 people. You know, Johnny does really well with us. <laughs> it, we made it work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But no, it's definitely going to be a different vibe for sure. Like it's some a couple of the same people, but just so many also new faces that'll be a part of like our the Nationals team, which is so exciting. It'll definitely be interesting because last year we had like a very very cozy vibe. We had a, an Airbnb that we all kind of shared together and we're doing work at like the dining room table and I guess we're going to see what happens this year because we just have so many people. <laughs> but that just makes it really exciting. Because Friday night, we're going to just have race after race of people, and that's just going to be super cool to see. At Tufts, the last chance to be, I've talked to Amanda Kaufman about this, but the vibe is very stressful. I've, I, that's what she said. It's, it's the Tufts' last, it's, it is people's last chance. How mm -hmm. did you feel at the meet? I mean, what was it like watching your teammates as well? I mean, how they, because obviously they all handled it really well also. Clarification, do you mean Tufts? Yeah, sorry, the Tufts' last chance to meet. Yeah. This, yeah, I went back. So sorry. I'm talking to Amanda about Tufts in terms of mm -hmm. like, the environment there, it can be stressful because it's people's last chance to qualify. It can be stressful, but at the very, for her, she was like, she was so close. It yeah. was like very much to the gun. Like again, for me, it wasn't as bad because mm -hmm. it was a really, and actually I would say it was a really good environment, at least for me personally, because you have some really strong, some really fast runners, but the heats aren't quite as like gigantic or loaded as they might be in other meets mm. and there's also the emphasis on getting a fast time which is really important so people will actually go out with the intention of running fast whereas at other meets like championship meets like NESCACs or division threes people sometimes will kind of sit on leaders or they'll try to go for placement and like surge at the end to get that placement rather than uh going for the fast time so in that way it was kind of fun because I was just able to go with the flow of the race yeah certainly and then um well here at Bates, you do more than obviously track and field and whatnot. You are also the managing editor of the Bates students, soon to be editor in chief. You tell me, what's that experience been like for you? Um, and when did you start getting interested in you know journalism? It's it's been really great. So I actually came into Bates not intending at all to get involved in the newspaper. I had done a little bit uh, for a few years in my high school, and I really enjoyed it. But I really wanted to just focus on my academics and on running. 
And uh, one of my fellow teammates, Sarah Rothman, was the sports editor at the time. And I just got drawn into it from her. And it's just been kind of a crazy ride since. A lot of late nights in the office and a lot of really great times with the people I work with. And it's, yeah, it's just been a really great experience. And it's been so cool to learn about Bates a little more in depth than I think I would have as a student. How have you been able to, I mean, because I often ask, you know, student athletes balancing athletics and academics, you're balancing athletics always being in season, by the way, for you, the newspaper, plus your academics on top of that. How has that process gone for you? It's been really difficult at times. So, uh, like earlier this semester, I was saying, like, I wasn't racing how I wanted to. Mm. And I think a lot of that was just not getting enough sleep and, like, having too much on my plate. And I kind of made the decision to drop a class and, like, take a step back. And that's been really helpful. Um, it, the newspaper, we have our on weeks, we have our off weeks. And the on weeks are always crazy because yeah. sometimes Tuesdays end up being um, workout days. And then it's straight to the newsroom, like, grab my dinner and just sit there and work on it for hours, putting everything together with Christina and the other editors. Um, so sometimes it's definitely a juggle. It definitely has its times. But uh, overall, I think the good thing about the newspaper is that I can usually work on it at times when I'm free and I have a little bit of spare time rather than like at least track and cross country. I have practice time. Yeah. I have when I need to be there. Um, and so just kind of fitting them together can be tough at times, but isn't necessarily as difficult as it would be for something that was more regularly scheduled. What's your favorite story that you've worked on so far? Oh, so does it have to be published? Oh, are you working on something right now? For I actually <laughs> was uh, bringing this back up today. Is I've been working for a couple of years now on trying to look a little bit more about diversity in athletics and mm-hmm. really understanding um, that relationship between athletes together with their team and how that, like, how the makeup of athletics might vary in comparison to like the overall student population. And I'm still not entirely sure yet what the final product Mm. of this research, these interviews, um, a lot of like talking has been, but it's, um, it's something that I'm really proud of and I'm continuing to work on um, getting information for. So a long-term project you've been working on. A very, a very long-term project. I started at fall of my sophomore year and it's had some, times when I've been like really working at it and other times where I've just kind of let it mm. let it slide a bit so I'm hoping though I'm basically hoping that next year my senior year I will be able to put together something um and hopefully that'll just be like the big compilation of a lot of a lot of work excellent excellent so you're a junior now right yes take us back to when you were looking for colleges what made Bates the place you wanted to go to <laughs> Um, so actually at first I thought Bates was not the place I wanted to go to. I didn't think I wanted to be at an, at an urban campus. I didn't particularly like the brick architecture, which is not a big deal, but, um, and then I kind of got a rejection that set me straight and kind of completely overturned what I was thinking. And I realized that being in Lewiston would be such a great opportunity to actually become kind of part of a community, um, Bates was small enough that I could really feel at home. I really loved the idea of having one dining hall, and it's been fantastic. Like, every night is, like, family dinner. Mm. Um, And a big part of it was also Jay. Uh, I never met anyone on the team. Uh, Actually, I met one person at admissions, Mm. um, but I would never met any of the athletes on the team, so Jay and Art were my only references. And out of all the coaches I had visited, she was by far my favorite. Um, And it's... I've definitely really enjoyed working with her. So I can't say that that was a bad decision on my part. Um, and you've adjusted the brick buildings? They're, they're, the brick, yeah, they're no, I, <laughs> no, for sure. Now I, I walk around like different New England uh, areas and like I see the brick and it f- feels a lot like home. Hmm. But I'm from Pennsylvania where a lot of the older architecture is, a lot of it can be stone-based. Hmm. And so it was definitely, it, it, weirdly, it was just a little bit of like a, a different transition for me. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, any other thoughts on NCAAs coming up and what you're most looking forward to? I am really looking forward to Friday night or Friday during the day. Like mm. it's we're just going to have everybody competing on Friday, it seems. Maybe that's a overstatement, but uh, I'm just so excited to see like people who've worked so hard like on my team. Like I see them every day, like just go out there and really like give it what they have because everyone like 
everyone worked so hard at Tufts yeah. to make it to nationals. And it's just so cool that this can kind of finally be like, this is it. And we can really just celebrate everything we've worked hard for. There you go. Vanessa Paolella, <laughs> our female Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. Junior Ryan Nealis is seated third in the mile entering nationals, the highest seed of any of the Bobcats going. And he is our male Bobcat of the Week. I think there was just this like spirit. We all knew it just took, it didn't take a world, like it didn't take the world to change for us to, to be able to go. We just knew that it was a slight adjustment and that we just had to buy in uh, for all of us. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, just being a part of, I think just like having other people to like lean on and know that like we could do this together uh, was just like such a, a big force um, in our performances this weekend. Yeah, so take me through the mile, a PR for you, right? Yeah, it was perfect race. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, we knew going down uh, it was going to be paced by um, a very good Division three runner last year. Um, sort of looked into the field a little bit, and there was a lot of good quality runners. Um, and I think, you know, everyone – you know, you go to that last last chance meet for one reason, and that's to try and run a fast time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the race went out perfect. Um, you know, usually with the mile, it's it's a fast pace for not that far of a distance. So there's lots of like hustle and jostling usually. Mm. But we uh, really calm and relaxed as a group, um, and we just started clicking off the times that we needed. You touched on it was paced by a runner from the previous season. Yeah. That's not typical at meets, right, to have a pacer like that. So why at Tufts? Just because you are trying to qualify? Yeah, so the, the thought process um, behind the Tufts uh, coaches um, that put on the meet is, um, you know, they try to want to make sure that everyone, you know, has the best possible chance of going to nationals. Yeah. And so, um, you know, if you have a pacer in for about half the race, they take the load off, um, off of people. Um, so we can really just focus on nailing that time. Does it make it easier for you? Um, you know, I think it helps other runner. Uh, it helps runners um, in different ways, and yeah. every runner is sort of has their own different sort of like style. Mm. Um, I'm more of a closing speed kind of guy, so um, yeah, I don't, I can't have, um, I don't have the, my strengths aren't usually taking the race from the gun. Mm-hmm. I usually like to sit in um, and then really work the second half. So having someone, um, you know, make sure that that first half was fast uh, was really helpful. So that's what you did this time is your normal oh, yeah. strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, I was in third place for most of the race, um, and I moved up to second about halfway through. And then, uh, yeah, with the last lap to go, I, I took it. So, yeah. How about being the third seed going into NCAAs? What does that mean to you? Oh, it's it's um, it's it's awesome. Um, but, I mean, I think the reason why it's so awesome is, like, uh, this season has been very up and down for me. Mm. Um, you know, I started off. Um, you know, just sort of not really knowing uh, where I was with running. Um, so to just like, um, you know, just be blessed with the opportunity to go to nationals, that's what I'm really focused on. You know, seed times, like, I think the split between like the first guy and the last guy is like, we're talking a matter of like two seconds here. Like this is really, it's yeah. really, it really doesn't mean mm-hmm. really anything um, for I mean, the, the, the squad that goes to nationals. We're all super like, Everyone has worked super, super hard, and I think, you know, everyone says it, but you go to nationals and you never know what can happen. So I'm just happy that I'm going. And this is your first trip, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, first trip for track. Yeah, Yeah. for track, right, yeah. Yeah. It's obviously a little bit different from cross-country. Yeah, definitely, (laughs) yeah, definitely, yeah. But, yeah, it's awesome for, for track. Yeah. What ha- and you touched on what you what, what some other stuff you've heard from people who have been before about the environment. Yeah, so, um. Two of the the two captains my freshman year, they were actually at the meet oh, uh, nice. this weekend. Um, so they were who were they? Uh, Jack Kylie and Rob Flynn. Oh, of course. Yes. Um, so yeah, they were at the meet, and uh, it was just great to you know share that moment with them because uh, they were definitely an instrumental part yeah. um, in my like you know my love for collegiate running. Um, so you know just to have them there um, and share, and then sort of pick their brains over these. And I've been texting them a little bit, um, and just sort of picking their brains about you know, what you should focus on, what you should enjoy. Um, and that's such yeah. a huge part of the track and field program here, I feel, for the men and the women is the alums, you know, staying in tune with what's going on right now, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, th- I think Coach Fresh does an awesome job keeping everyone in- engaged. Uh, same with Coach Jay on the women's side. Um, we have a Facebook group, and they're yeah. always making posts in it. Um, so it's great to, you know, have 
have everyone you know support you and love you um, and help you and wish you all the best when we go to these types of meets. Yeah. Have you talked with Johnny Rex? Is he excited to have um, some other guys going with him to nationals this year? Yeah, dude. It's, <laughs> yeah, he's very pumped. Um, yeah, we were, yeah, the five of us said, uh, you know, once we found out, we found yesterday, we had our breakup dinner for indoor. Right. And we found out halfway through that Bart was going. Yeah. And everyone was just ecstatic, you know, yeah. just to have another person going. This is the largest squad, I think, um, that we're sending, uh, like, covering events-wise on the men's mm. side. Yeah. So we're definitely making history for the program, and we're really – Really excited to be a part of that. All right, Ryan Nealis, our male Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. The women's tennis team won its third straight match on Saturday, 5-4 to four at Wellesley. The Bobcats are 4-2 and two on the year and 3-0 and oh against NCAA Division III opponents. Junior Hannah Sweeney teamed with senior captain Lauren Hernandez to win 8-3 to three at number two doubles, and Sweeney followed that up with a 6-1, 6 love victory at number one singles. Yeah, Wellesley's a really strong team. Um, I believe this is the first year, at least in my time here at Bates, that we've played them in a dual match during mm. the spring. Um, but I know that we have had some competition against them in the, some fall tournaments, um, some invitationals, and we know they're a tough team. And um, we came out knowing that they were going to, um, you know, fight to the very end. And it was definitely a bit of a nail biter, especially at the end. We had a couple matches that were definitely going to dictate uh, the final score. But, you know, those are just the kind of matches that, especially in the beginning of the season, make us tougher mentally um, going forward for our in-conference matches. Yeah, after you won at, uh, number, uh, at singles there, did you get a chance to watch some of the ones late there? Yeah, so yeah. it was only three courts um, okay. this weekend. So we had our first, um, kind of our first three girls go on, and then I was able to watch um, the next uh, set of matches go on too and support my teammates, which... Uh, is always great for me. You know, I love playing with, besides the girls as well, but, you know, cheering and um, being, you know, uh, involved in that way is also a huge part of the team culture. So it was good. Your doubles partner right now, Lauren Hernandez, how's that going in terms of, how, you played with her a lot before, right? Yeah, uh, Lauren and I um, have had experience together since my freshman year, actually, I believe, now I'm thinking about it. Um, you know, doubles with us uh, is always kind of constant movement. We always are um, willing to step in with anyone on the team. Um, but Lauren and I definitely um, have had a lot of years of experience and we're comfortable with each other in that way. So it's been going well. Yeah. So this fall, you studied abroad in Florence, Italy. Tell us about that experience. What was maybe some of the highlights? Yeah, Florence is great. Um, I had an awesome experience. Um, I'm so happy that. I was able to do that, um, which is, you know, another benefit of being um, a student athlete at a school like Bates. They really push for that um, kind of experience while still allowing to stay academically and athletically um, kind of uh, on point. So it was great. I played um, some tennis. They have red clay over there, which was fun. Um, no real uh, type of competition that, um, you know, no kind of league that I found or anything, mm. but there were some kids in my program who were also collegiate uh, tennis players, so it was fun to get out there and hit with them, and just a totally different experience, but it was really cool. Interesting. So the different surface, because here it's basically all like the U.S. Open type surfaces, right, in terms of like the hard surface? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, you find clay and you grass, okay. uh, but not at the collegiate not level, the at least yeah. that I found. Yeah. Um, I've grown up playing at some clay and grass club courts in the oh. summer, but other than that, we're pretty much expected um, to walk onto hard or any type of, you know, multi-purpose kind of court that... Because uh, yeah, the metal surface is a little different. Right? Yeah, there's definitely <laughs> some funkiness. Yeah. Um, and that's something that we have to be ready for as a team. You kind of show up to these indoor facilities mm. and you don't quite know mm. um, what you're going to uh, be stepping onto. So it's kind of part of the fun. <laughs> yeah. And, and how, what makes clay different? For, I mean, it's slower, right? Or, yeah, it's slower. Yeah. Um, uh, I actually like clay. It would be fun if, in a way, collegiate matches yeah. could be played in a way. But it's such a – it's an outdoor kind of mm. um, thing. So it'd be hard up here in Maine throughout the spring. But uh, right. it's fun. Yeah, it's a little slower. It's a little grittier. Um, it's, uh, it's definitely a, a way to change up your game plan a little. Certainly. So after you came back from Italy, how did you kind of prepare for the spring season? Yeah, I definitely um, took – uh, a lot of time during the um, winter break before the start of the second semester uh, to train and get back into kind of that match mode mentality. Um, you know, I have a lot of great um, 
resources for that in my area back home um, in terms of just like hitting partners and um, availability to get back fully in the swing of things so I was really happy with that and uh, it gave me a little bit of a job over the (laughs) break too uh, to kind of you know um, make it a daily goal to each day get a little better and get a little more comfortable back out there. So interviewed Haley Washington last week, and she mentioned how the team is really focused on you know, getting the SCAGs right this year. Now there's yeah. it's eight teams instead of six, so possible. And the team is ranked right now. I think you know top 35 in the country. What's it like to have those expectations this year as a team? Yeah, it's exciting. We're kind of going into. Um, uh, you know, kind of a little bit of a new era when they changed the NESCACs from mm-hmm. six to eight, um, which has been something that I know a lot of coaches have been pushing for for a long time. And um, we definitely have a really good chance this year. And um, we're, you know, working as hard as we can and, uh, you know, making um, small goals every single day so that we can make that ultimate goal. Um, and I think we know as a team right now that, you know, we're really strong and have that potential. And uh, it's just kind of, you know, making sure that we just keep working hard and never expecting anything, always working towards it. The baseball team dropped a couple of tight contests to Nichols College on Saturday before bouncing back to split a doubleheader with Endicott on Sunday, winning Game 2 9-3. The victory snapped a seven-game losing streak for the Bobcats. While injuries have been an issue so far, Bates' offense is starting to come alive. A number of Bobcats have impressed at the plate, with senior Giovanni Torres standing out so far through nine games with a 364 batting average, a 500 on base percentage, and his first collegiate home run. Gee, I, I, you know, looking at the year so far, it looks like you know you're drawing some more walks, you're getting some hits there, and you had your first uh, home run, right? So tell us about what's been working for you at the plate so far. Yeah, um, so I've really just kind of been seeing the ball better, just kind of slowing the game down a little bit. I mean, it is my fourth year uh, here at Bates, um, and my coaches, uh, Coach Deschler, Coach Martin, and now having a new guy, Coach Dex, I've uh, just been able to pull a lot of information and, and, and stuff about hitting together and just about the game uh, to kind of slow the game down for myself, and, and it's been kind of working so far. So, Tell us about – take us through the home run you hit the other day. Yeah, uh, it was pretty interesting. It was a, a uh, I had two strikes on me. I choked up. Uh, I think I had like an inch um, up on the bat, and um, he just kind of laid a fastball in there, middle oppa, and just tried to hit it hard somewhere. and. Maybe the wind helped a little bit, but it got out. So <laughs> was it opposite field? It was. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the wind was blowing out. That's yeah. It's always nice. <laughs> yeah, it's always nice. To get a little help from it. So I noticed you've been you you've played a lot of third base during your time at Bates. Yeah, they're mixing some shortstop this year for you. What's that been kind of like? I mean, you know, very. They're on the same side of the infield, but they're very different positions. Yeah, totally different positions. Um, but I've been lucky to I, I played shortstop in high school and mm-hmm. been been a middle infielder um, growing up my whole life. And I hadn't really played third until I got to Bates. Uh, so th- third base had kind of been a new thing for me. So going back to shortstop this year um, has kind of just been like going back to my roots, more instinctual. Um, they're both fun. Um, I, I like both of them just as much. Um, but it hasn't really been too hard of a transition necessarily just because I've, I've done it in the past. But getting back into that mindset of, of being a shortstop is certainly different than, than playing third. So Yeah, and then you're a senior, and uh, Mike Roke, who does the games with me, always mentions how uh, he's your faculty advisor, <laughs> yeah, right, correct. for sociology and everything. So yep. what's that relationship like? It's honestly pretty awesome to see you know someone that you can – you know, talk shop about schoolwork and then talk shop about baseball all all over the place, all over campus. You know, even just to like turn around and see him up there in, in the booth with you, you know, it really makes you you feel you know how close of a community and and, and how easy it is to to talk about stuff that isn't just business mm. all the time. You know, it really puts a familiar face out there that you can you can relate and feel comfortable being around. Got a nice win there um, against Endicott over the weekend, um, snapping a little bit of a losing streak. I mean, what what is the team feeling like right now? Obviously, there were some injuries, but guys are getting healthy, it sounds like. Yeah, so we had a couple setbacks earlier in the year, but we recently had two pitchers throw this weekend uh, that were, you know, that they were on the, the reserve list earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, that looked very strong. I mean, that, that second game against Endicott really seemed to, to show that we're turning things around and we're kind of piecing things together, um, the little things. And, it, you know, we, we felt good after that. that second game um even though it was a, a tough start to the weekend uh we definitely felt good leaving endicott after after finally piecing some stuff together well and talking to coach marty mentioned you know of the four games three of them were right there in fact the, you know the team showed all the ability to rally right offensively right. Um, in the in the previous day right against nichols right exactly yeah so that that first double header against nichols was it was it was tough i mean we, we, we played hard we competed better than we had earlier in the season um, and that, that that was where we started to show like signs of of 
what Bates baseball is really about and like putting those hits together, timely hits. Um, now it's really just, you know, playing a full seven or nine innings all the way through without mistakes and, you know, having everyone be on board. And NESCAC play will be here before you know it. And it seems like Bates, I don't want to say overachieves in NESCAC play, but it took some people to by surprise last year, I think, right? Trinity was an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament, and Bates took two out of three. Previous year, Bates had swept Trinity. And so I know you're probably looking forward to that series. And it's every every NESCAC game is like Game 7 of the World Series, basically, right? It, it's a must-win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think we kind of flip a switch when, when we get to our, our NESCAC, uh, you know, conference play. Um, I don't know for what re- for whatever reason but you know it does feel like it is like game seven of the world series everyone's locked in the, the energy is that much more there um and yeah it, it's just a it's a great time once NESCAC play starts it's it's an awesome time and because it's good for this early season non-conference games to figure out what kind of team you're going to be this year's team eight home runs already that's the same amount i think as the last two years combined combined yeah. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on the power this team is showing yeah i mean we're definitely showing some <laughs> pop that i've never seen in the Bates lineup before and it, and it's you know it's awesome to see you know because it's it's another tool that we're adding to to our team's repertoire um that just makes us that much that much more dangerous in the long run um in the past we've been stronger with our pitching and hitting it's kind of lacked a little bit but now to see that we have bats that can supplement the pitching that we have i, I think it, it shows how dangerous we can actually be yeah for sure what are your thoughts on like you know the series coming up at bard and what you're going to be working on in practice week i mean it's beautiful weather i don't know if it's you're able to get on the lay he field quite yet but it is it is nice conditions outside isn't it yeah no it's it actually i mean the whole game plan game plan changes once we're able to get outside i don't think we'll be able to get on Leahy this week just because the field will probably be soggy and then right. have to do some work on it um but even just being able to get on garcelon or mm-hmm. the jb turf or even on the turf inside that they just put down in underhill right it really does change the game as opposed to just being in a tunnel in a cage and seeing the same thing over and over and over again now we could actually practice like live situations more game-like situations and, and really simulate what it is to you know to to have the unexpectedness of a game thrown at you um, so I, I think, you know, this preparation going into this week is, I mean, every week's important. But, you know, not, now that we could actually be outside consistently, I, I think we're, we're definitely getting on the page that we need to be. Sounds good. Giovanni Torres, thanks so much. Awesome. Thank you. The squash season wrapped up last weekend at individual nationals in Philadelphia. Four Bobcats went, with first-year Erica Parker and sophomore Jesper Phillips making their individual nationals debuts. But for senior captains Lutza Polgar and Graham Banal, it marked the final matches of their collegiate careers. Polgar won twice, advancing to the Holleran East semifinals. And Banal won once, advancing to the Malloy East quarterfinals. And now, they both join the Bobcast to look back at their collegiate squash careers. Graham, we'll start with you. I mean, for you, what was it like going out there knowing these were kind of your, your final collegiate squash <laughs> matches in advance, kind of? Yeah, it was great. I mean, individual nationals is always a really fun and special tournament. I think a lot of the pressure that's on a lot of the athletes from competing for their teams is off. Um, and you really get to see some incredible squash. Um, it, it, I guess it wasn't really in my head of oh, this is the last time that I'm going to be able to play with a Bates uniform on. Um, but I definitely knew that it was a momentous occasion and sort of the culmination of a lot of hard work. And Lutza, you, you went up against a bunch of Ivy Leaguers. I think every single match you had was against someone from an Ivy League school. Oh, right. That, that's some stiff competition. I mean, what was <laughs> it like for you there? Yeah, it was, uh, it was really tough. It was some of the uh, hardest matches that I've had to play, you know, all season. So I had a lot of fun and, you know, just going back to um, going back to how it feels to play the last couple of matches. um, It's kind of bittersweet because you go there knowing that after your second match, after your after your first match, if you lose, you're you're done. Right. Right. So it's uh, it kind of takes off pressure because there's no you know, you're not competing for the team and for. Um, for other people, but that that added pressure that it's your last 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 matches potentially it's it's pretty tough. Yeah, that first day you've got you've got to win you've got to win your second match basically, regardless of the result of the first match to play the next day, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And and Jesper did that on the on the men's side, right? What was it, what was it like watching him um, in his first uh, debut there? Yeah, the he did. That was great. Yeah. Um, so he lost his first match against. Right. A strong opponent, but then he was able to bounce back in the afternoon against Alex Waddles of Dickinson. Um, he he played a good match. He actually ran his opponent around so much 
um, that Alex ended up throwing up, oh I think, goodness. in the third game. Wow. Um, <laughs> and kind of a funny story. Jesper could have taken that game just by default because that's the rule if your opponent throws up. Oh. But he basically was of the mindset, we flew all the way down to Philly, I want to play. So they docked a point, and then fortunately Jesper won in three sets. Um, so it didn't make much of a difference, but... Yeah, really proud of him. He he did well. It was a great debut for him. I, I did not know that was a rule in squash. So yeah, I yeah. I knew every, every <laughs> There time. are a lot of quirky rules, yeah. actually. <laughs> and, and then, Luta, you know, looking back on your career here at Bates, I mean, four-time first-team All-NESCAC. Uh, you, you played, you know, at the number one position for most of your career here. What's it been like for you? Did it kind of – was it meaning what you were expecting coming into college, or was it a little bit different, perhaps? I didn't really know what to expect uh-huh. when I came into college. Yeah. I – you know, my when I decided to, to come to the U.S., I came to a boarding school first just to try out how America is, and I didn't really look at any other school other than Bates. My college application process was basically like a month and a half. So I just didn't research that much, I guess. I didn't, I didn't, um, didn't know what to expect, but, um, you know, it, it's been better year after year just because I know uh, what to expect and... and um, you know, just getting to know uh, my teammates, getting new people every year. It's been it's been really fun, especially uh, because squash in juniors is an individual sport for most people. Yeah. You know, so coming into a team, it's very, very different. But it's it's I would say it's a lot more rewarding. And your first year here, I believe the team got to compete at the B flight in team nationals and then now your senior year yes. the team did again so that was a nice bookend right I yes suppose. yes yeah. <laughs> it was that was really fun yeah uh my first year we finished i believe 15th mm. uh and now we finished 16th so but both times in a b flight and yeah the the sec, uh two middle years was we were in the c flight we won the c flight and then graham for you this senior year obviously Started off a little rocky, perhaps, uh, yeah. just in general. For you know, and and um, Omar Atea was telling me you're the reason the team kind of stuck together. What was that process like, leading everyone? I mean, I I cannot take credit for <laughs> for the team's success. That's very nice of Omar to say. Um, but yeah, I mean, being able to lead this team has been such a privilege. Hearing Lutz talk about her expectations versus the reality of four years of college squash, um, for me. What what has happened in my four years has, has far exceeded any expectations I've had coming in, um, whether that's being the leader of the team my senior year um, or playing number one. I, <laughs> right. I, I just didn't expect that stuff to happen. Um, so uh, in a lot of respects, it's really been a dream come true. Well, yeah, the first year you were playing, what, number seven? Yeah, at, there. at yeah. the end of the season, I played number eight on the team. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, lost a challenge match against McLeod <laughs> Abbott. Shout out if you're listening right now. Let's get on court sometime right, soon. Right, right, <laughs> And then and the rise number one was, was fairly quick after that kind. I mean, what what was that? Did you kind of realize what was happening as it kind of went, went along? Or all of a sudden you wake up one day, and, oh, I'm the... I have to play the best player on the other team. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, I definitely set goals for myself. Yeah. Go, after my freshman year, I said, um, at minimum, I'm going to play two next year. Mm. And, and the, I mean, that's not something that I told other people. Um, I think it's important to set goals. I, I don't think it's helpful to talk about them. Mm. Um, but I definitely had the goals of of playing two and then playing one. Um, but I guess when I, when I was first looking at Bates and first realizing I might be able to play college squash, that was never in my head. Mm. Well, and when you were first looking at Bates, you're you know, talking off the air was when Ahmed Abdelkhalik was a senior yeah. in college and you were a senior in high school. Was that kind of your introduction to the Bates program, watching him win that individual national championship? Yeah, that, that was one of my first experiences, um, really seeing Bates as one of the best places for squash in the United States um, at that point, the world, because there's there's no college squash outside of the United States. Um, right. And, and I mean, it's incredible. Like, I, Ahmed came and left, but winning that tournament is so incredibly hard. Yeah. Um, and he did it twice. Yeah. 
And Lutza, for you, um, you know, in your first couple years here, you know, Christina, Alex, over, and you were like right there, one, two, kind of switching off. What was that early competition like helping you develop your squash game? Um, fun story, Christina was one of the reasons that I came to Bates oh, because nice. um, we played, we were in the same age group in juniors in Europe. Mm -hmm. So we played a couple of times and the first time you've ever played, um, she she bageled me so 11 oh. yeah um so she won a she won a game 11 zero yeah. off of me um was that said, a Bates? no that was uh that was at the czech junior open mm. she said it oh, was wow. because uh i was wearing the same shoes that she was yeah, wearing and she didn't sense. like that so she <laughs> that sounds <laughs> that sounds about christina yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes so um so I played a couple of more times, you know, I that's that was when I just started um doing international tournaments. And then and then just seeing that she was she was coming to Bates, um I just I just wanted to wanted to see what I could do against her, mm. I guess. And coming in, you know, I was playing too the first semester. Yeah. And so um it was nice to have her as someone to chase after in a sense, because she was always so much better than me, especially growing up, that um, that it really pushed me. Mm. And then, Graham, when you were a first year, I think, was Ahmed Hatata yep. yeah, a senior at that point? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, was he someone you looked up to or other upper class <laughs> or I mean, Ahmed Hatata, obviously All-American in yeah. his own right, but what, what, who were some people you were looking up to initially? Yeah, I definitely looked up to Hatata. Um, he was, I mean, he was a stud at Bates. He just won matches and I think he was the eighth ranked player in college squash yeah. when he graduated. Um but definitely looked up to Mahmoud Yusri and I still do. Mm. Um a fellow he's senior. A fellow senior, arguably the most talented person on the team when it comes to swinging a racket. Um <laughs> there are certainly some parts of his game that might be lacking, but the just the the talent he has, yeah. um, skill, level, yeah. skill level, work ethic, both on and off the squash court, is something I look up to. Um, but man, I, I I promise you, I find um, motivation and inspiration on every from every one of my teammates um, in a lot of different ways. And then this year, obviously, a year of transition, a little bit with the new head coach, you know, Rye coming in. But you're telling me you you knew Rye back when you were in high school. Yeah. So what was that? It was like, oh, now he's gonna be my coach. You know, that's kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was really cool. Um, I mean, one thing that I sort of realized is when I was in high school, for me playing squash, I sort of, I guess, sort of um, stayed stayed in my shell, didn't really open up when I was training with other people. Um, I mean, squash in the United States is mostly played in country clubs and private schools. I went to public school. Uh, my parents couldn't really afford squash lessons. I, it, I, I didn't really fit in with the community that, that I was sort of a part of. Bates is very different. I mean, most of the team is international, and of the people who are from the U.S., a lot of them are also from public schools, which, which for me was rare growing up. Mm. Um, and being able to have Rye at a program like this which is so different from Fairfield County. Yeah. Um, not, not to call out squash players from Fairfield County, but it's just been really cool being able to share that experience with Rye and really be able to be comfortable with who I am as a person and as an athlete in a place where I feel comfortable, which is here at Bates. Yeah, and Lutza, I mean, we talked about this, you know, the players from all around the world, and, and it hasn't changed this year with the first years coming in from a variety of countries. I know Erica Parker right away, big impact player. What's that been like to see them um, continue this program? Yes, it's it's always great to see other internationals, especially, you know, me being an international. For me, it's really, it was very important to, to be a part of the team where I'm not the only one who is sharing uh, who has this type of experience because moving away from home, it's very, very hard. So um, so to be able to, to have that support from other people who are going through the same stuff and then, and then being able to be there for uh, some of these, some of uh, our teammates who are also not from here, it's, it's incredible. You know, everyone, everyone needs that type of support. 
So you're both seniors, so I got to ask, what are your thoughts on, you know, graduation coming up and what what's next kind of for both of you? Uh, whoever wants to start. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it's bittersweet. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm I'm sad that we have to leave Bates. It's it became home away from home, but I'm also very excited to see what's next, and I'm sure a lot of us will keep in touch uh, after after college. But we're all going to be at different places. So it's going to be a whole new adventure for all of us. Do you see yourself continue to play squash, whether it be here or back home? And- I definitely do in yeah. some in some, in some some shape or form. Yeah. Uh, I definitely want to keep playing just recreationally. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about maybe doing, you know, mixed doubles if I find a partner or if I live uh, somewhere close to some of my former teammates. But uh, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens when we graduate. How about you, Graham? Yeah, I'm planning to go straight on to the uh, Mixed Doubles Pro Tour with Lutza. <laughs> there we go. We're going to make Let's it happen. Go. There's a team right there. <laughs> I, I actually think we'd be very good. We'd be good. so good. <laughs> um, we'd have a lot of fun. And there's sure. some money to make in on the Pro Doubles Tour. Yes. Somehow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'll be playing squash in some capacity. I'll figure out how exactly, I guess, in the coming months. But I can't wait to see what... My fellow seniors are going to be doing uh, Lutza as well as uh, the four other seniors on the men's squash teams, five with Jason Kennedy, our team manager. All of us really have some bright futures ahead of us, uh, and it's exciting. Sounds good. Lutza Polgar, Graham Bunnell combined six first-team All-Nesquik honors between them. Thanks so mm. much. Thank you. Thanks, Aaron. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll recap the NCAA championships for the skiing and track and field teams. The softball team, as of this episode, is 3-1 on the Bobcats' trip to Florida with plenty more games to come this week. There's a full slate of games for Bobcat Athletics to recap next week, plus a preview of the NCAA Swimming and Diving Championships with head coach Peter Casares. All that and more next time on the Bates Bobcast.